What is up, everybody? How you doing? You're tuned in to yet another episode of Living Life Intently. This is a Live Life Intense podcast. I'm your host, Lee Frazier. And this week, we are coming in hot with a uh, conversation I had with another tour operator and guide, Adam Zita, who is the operation manager out at East Coast Outfitters in Lower Prospect, just outside Halifax. They are a kayak tour company. Um, I've been meaning to touch base with a lot of operators within the province um, and nuts kind of get outside this little bubble of Cape Breton Island operators and stuff and get to know everybody. So this was kind of a, it just happened the other day I was driving, I jumped into a Instagram live conversation he was having with another operator about the upcoming tourism season. And, you know, I just DM them both. And I said, Hey, who wants to jump on this podcast this weekend? I've got some uh, slots to fill. And, you know, Adam jumped on and we had this conversation. So this is literally the first time that we've ever had a conversation starting to get to know one another, you know, talked about, you know, his journey into getting into guiding, talked about like the upcoming tourism season, what our projections are, what we think is going to happen um, pending, you know, this whole crisis and when it's kind of going to be back open to somewhat normal standards. Um, you know, just about my, my viewpoint on how I think local tourism is going to be a big boost this year, people exploring their own province, that sort of stuff. Uh, yeah. So this is about the 18th goddamn intro that I've done because I'm going on about four hours sleep and I just had a glass of wine and I'm just, you know, just getting a nice and relaxed, but which also means that the old brain's not working that well. So I'm not going to bother you guys with any more of this intro. Just get into this thing. It heats up near the end. So we're, we, we kind of get loose and, and it was really fun chatting with them. And, uh, you'll probably hear them on this podcast, uh, again in the future, but this is Adam Zita, operation manager at East Coast Outfitters. And uh, if you like this podcast, head over to iTunes, Spotify, wherever the hell you listen to this podcast. If there's an option to put a rating, slap a nice rating on there, give us a little comment. It really helps out with people finding this podcast and with uh, people subscribing. So thank you to everybody who's done it so far. Thank you to everybody who's been listening. Um, our uh, listener numbers are going up every week we put one out. And uh, yeah, looking forward to all the new ones that I have coming up to get to know people. But uh, yeah, we'll see you next week on Living Life Intently. Cheers. Okay, so yeah, so this is the first time you and I are getting to uh, actually meet in person, correct? Or sort of in person. Yeah. Yeah, virtual, yeah, yeah. virtual people. Virtual, yeah. virtual meeting. Um, yeah. So why, I, I'm, I give a, I'm very bad, like horrible, because I usually just get going and then we have a conversation yeah. and then I don't ever let the other person introduce themselves. So yeah, you're like, who is this person? <laughs> why don't you get, it's just for people listening. Um, Doesn't uh, matter. Give them a little bit of um, kind of a backstory on who you are and uh, then we'll go from there. Yeah, well, uh, well, my name's Adam, Adam Zita, and I am uh, I'm the manager and lead seeking guide for um, uh, outfitter called East Coast Outfitters in Lower Prospect in Nova Scotia. So that is just outside of Halifax, between Halifax and uh, and Peggy's Cove down in Terrence at Prospect Road. Yep. So uh, <clears throat> that operation's been there for about twenty years, and I came in about ten years uh, in two thousand ten is when I first came down there. So. I'm actually a transplant from Ontario. I'm not from Nova Scotia originally, so I uh, moved to Nova Scotia and uh, started basically doing a lot of, a lot of out work outdoors, sort of what I did out in Ontario as well. Yeah, and um, so I've been doing that for about uh, ten, for about ten years at ECO. But I've also when I when I got to Nova Scotia, I got to meet a lot of people in the um, 
sort of in that business. So I got to meet uh, Fred, who who you and uh, I was talking to him the other day, where you guys were uh, listening in. So I yep. did a lot of work with him. Um, you know, I did bike bike tours. I worked for Tidalbore Parks and Cottages for doing some rafting trips because I just thought that looked really fun. and I wanted to do it, and so <laughs> I. I I worked in a lot of different uh, uh, aspects of the outdoor industry, which got me to see a lot of Nova Scotia, like in my first year, um, which I, I had seen before personally, but I hadn't really worked in it before, so that was pretty fun. And uh, but the, the last the last eight years or so, I've been focused mostly just on um, East Coast Outfitters, and yeah. so in, in that role, I've I've done a lot of things. Like professionally, we uh, we've done a lot of you know we do tours, rentals, lessons, and we teach people how to kayak. We take people on kayaking tours and mostly just day trips. We don't really do overnight trips. Yeah. Um, the the company used to a long time ago in the past, but uh, I myself we mostly do those kind of those kind of trips. Um, so through work and through other things, I've also done a lot of uh, uh, a lot of volunteering on on boards. So like Canoe Kayak Nova Scotia is a provincial organization that helps people get out paddling. Um, I sit on the board of directors for Paddle Canada. So a lot of this work has has sort of brought about other things. I also have, uh, I've also helped out and volunteered with the Paddle Fest. Um, about three times in Cape Breton, so they yeah. used to hold the Cape Breton Paddle Fest in St. Peter's, Richmond County. <clears throat> so uh, I, they haven't done that in a while, and uh, but I, I was up there about three times, and so that was fun. That's always my excuse to get to Cape Breton. <laughs> um, I helped uh, I helped start up the Shelburne Kayak Festival, which is still strong going down there in Shelburne, and a lot of a lot of local people down there, which is which is a really nice thing to see because they wanted to sort of promote get people outdoors and active in that area yep. of the province and so this this uh um myself along with uh, other paddle can instructors and kayak instructors volunteer our time to go down there and uh, and help that so that, and that's been going for about eight years um and i think uh, i'm not sure what's going to happen with those festivals now a lot of them have been because of the you know the pandemic and yep. the epidemic going on now. A lot of those things may not be going. So, but who knows what happens with that? But that's what sort of I've been doing in Nova Scotia for the last ten years. So. Crazy man. Um, <laughs> but that's yeah. So that's me sort of in a that's me sort of in a nutshell. And in the winter time, which I just escaped from two weeks ago, this is day fourteen of my quarantine. Yeah. Uh, I, I work. Um, I got guide sea kayaking tours in Panama. So from December to April. Well, December to March this year, uh, I guide overnight excursions um, to an island off the coast of Panama. That we—that's a national park and a world UNESCO heritage site. So, no shit. The, uh, yeah, the 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 downfall of the outdoor industry in Nova Scotia is that there's nothing really going on in the winter time to sustain. Uh, you know, a twelve. You know, some people can do it, uh, but when you're doing outdoor, when it comes to being on the water and sea kayaking, usually nothing is going on between November and April on the East Coast. On the West Coast, sometimes things can go a little bit later and pick up a little bit earlier. You can do things in yeah. April because that's always on the West Coast a bit different temperature. But yeah, so for the last six years, I've been going down south to that place in Panama and guiding overnight trips. So I get to do, I still get to do overnight trips, but not here in Canada as much. I do those down in, in Panama. So that's where I escaped from March 22nd, Panama shut down all their airports and transportation March 23rd. And I got out, <laughs> I got out March 22nd, just in time. And Jesus. yeah, cause yeah, that was, I guess, uh, 
not to sort of, con- well, I'll, I'll tell you about what happened because I was on a, we were on us. I was going to do two six day trips back to back. So we're on an Island off the coast of Panama. So yep. we get the, the, uh, the excursion gets supported by food drops. You get other things that happen, but I was on the first six days of this, of the first, uh, first leg of these two back to back six days. So we started off at one camp and then moved to another camp and that sort of like two nights at one camp four uh four nights five three nights at the other camp <clears throat> and then um so we were moving along there was monday there was wednesday that we got out uh wednesday the 11th march 11th um so we got out and we were in the middle over six days and so it was it was friday the 13th right friday the 13th <laughs> this this was the this was the whole week that everybody was worried about like you know time changing full moon friday the 13th you remember those memes about three weeks ago yeah, everybody's yeah, like oh yeah, no yeah. and so um so we get to, we we pack up our camp, we put everything in the kayaks, we start piling towards our next camp. But there's an island that we usually stop off off the island. There's another small island for lunch, like halfway through, about two hours after we leave our camp, we get to this spot. So this spot usually is a great snorkel spot for day trips. So a lot of day trips come from um, the mainland and throughout the day. So you know we paddle up. It was a good. We had some interesting water, good paddle. We get up there. And um, high tide was seven o'clock that morning, and we got there around eleven. So the, this this little island has a nice big beach, and the big beach gets exposed when the tide goes down. So we get up to the island, and there's like, no boats there at all. It's eleven o'clock, no boats. We get up on the beach. There's no footprints on the beach, and I'm like, "What's going on?" <laughs> like, because it's usually it's like it's pretty bumping for it's a Friday. It's a it's a Friday. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, matter yeah. what day of the week it is. So we're like, this is strange. And I saw a boat kind of going around. It was one of the ranger boats. And so they saw us land on the beach, and then they take off back to the ranger station. And we're like, okay, let's go for a snorkel. We'll have some lunch, and then we'll continue on. And uh, so they come back about 15 minutes later, and they're like, yeah, it's the park's closed. you got to go home. We're like, okay. <laughs> so they like we're in the middle of this trip, and the rangers tell us, like, okay, yeah, park's closed. Uh, everybody's got to go. <laughs> is this the, like, right? this the Caribbean side or the Pacific side? We're on the Pacific side. Okay. Uh, anyways, but uh, so uh, obviously I told the people they were upset, but they they kind of, you know, it kind of, in my mind, I'm like, okay, well, that made sense now that there's nobody at the beach and no one had been here because I knew something was up. So that made sense. So we had still had to paddle to the ranger station. Took another hour, and then they they brought us back with their boats because we were we were supposed to have a boat come from the mainland to the island to give us a food drop at the camp we were about to be uh, that we were going to get to right. But I learned later when we got back that they weren't letting that boat go, and no boats were allowed to go. So, anyways, Crazy. the owner of the place the owner of the place contacted the the office in one of the main cities, and they made sure that the rangers drove us back to some, yeah, it was, so <laughs> I was in the middle of a camping, I was in the middle of a camping trip when they basically, the police was, I think it was on the 12th. They made this like, you know, all national parks in Panama are going to be shut and everything's going to be closed. I think the schools got closed on the 11th or something like that. So anyway, we got pulled off a camping trip. So like right now it's like April 6th, I think, right? Yeah, I think sixth. it's the 6th, 5th or 6th. Yeah, so like I was, I was still supposed to be there doing it on a trip right now. It would have been my last two or three day trips before I was supposed to come back to Canada in on the fifteenth of April. But so, anyways, <laughs> <laughs> that, that was that was my that was my introduction to this whole thing. So it wasn't <laughs> like sitting at home watching the TV. It was like we were like <laughs> we woke up. You know, I was in my tent. I woke up. And I'm like, oh, it's great. Cooked breakfast. Broke down camp. Put it in, got into our kayaks. A little bit of water. A little bit of flat. And then we're like. 
you know, a guy on a boat, policeman on a boat and a ranger with a machine gun says, I got to go home. So, okay, I'm going. <laughs> like, okay, oh, man. There's, no, there's no argument. Yeah, so that was that was my introduction to that. And then I got back to the mainland and then I heard all, you know, I took a day or two to and to digest everything, what was going on. And then I was like, all right, I got to leave this. Country. Get the fuck this, out of here. Because <laughs> this, this looks like it's not getting better. <laughs> yeah, man. Good thing you did because I've got friends that are stuck in the States. They went down. They're like, ah, it'll be fine. And then they flew down. And then two days later, borders shut down. So mm-hmm. <laughs> then all international flights are canceled. Like yeah. all that sort yeah. of shit. So yeah. I'm on like, um, uh, I got a lot of friends. I'm in the bunch of group chats on WhatsApp with uh, guys in the UK and, and in the States and overseas and stuff. And they're just like, fucking everything canceled. And we have a big family lobster boil that happens usually. And it, it's been going on for like 30 years or more. Um, it's in May and the long weekend. And all my cousins, we were on actually on Zoom last night. And there's something like 30 some cousins and we're all on there talking and everybody's, they're all across Canada and in, in mm-hmm. Europe and down the States and stuff and over in Asia and, and, and all the, um, yeah, all their, all the flights are, are done canceled. So no one's coming home now. Um, yeah. So, so that's mm-hmm. kind of an issue, but yeah, it was kind of like your situation was kind of like Jared, what's his name? Um, the actor Jared Leto, um, who was in, he was in like oh. a, a 12 day meditation camp silent no, meditation and, then, and they, oh, got, yeah. <laughs> they got out and it was just like a shit show <laughs> yeah what's going on that would have been crazy you know yeah but uh yeah i had friends they got back luckily uh scotty and sarah that run cape lave adventures uh got trapped in peru not trapped they got stuck in peru yeah. and so they they got out on one of the uh evacuation flights last thursday um that canada was sending down so because they had tried to get to they had tried a lot to get to the airport and get out before, but Peru went down. Peru shut down quickly. Ecuador shut down quickly is what I heard. So, but I'm on the same page. I got friends all over the world too. So, like, I'm still on a WhatsApp group with my friends down in Panama, and I get tip. Like, I get like uh, we get updates and talk. So, the latest one was the funny one. My friends like, is it okay to eat Cheetos in your pants at nine a.m.? I'm like. <laughs> I'm like anything is good, man. Everything is different now. <laughs> so some of them are all, some of them are closer together than I am, and so they I get constant updates. But they're they're pretty strict down there. They're in 22 hour lockdown. They can't leave their house 22 hours a day. No shit. They have, they have to be in their house. There's rules around like there's when you if you have to go out and get something for your household, only essential items. You have you have a two hour time period. So that time period is dictated by the last number on your residency or your citizenship or your passport or whatever. So if your last number is seven, your time is 7 a.m. You have between six and eight o'clock to go do your stuff in the morning. <laughs> they do a lot of things early. And then you have to be in your house the rest of the day. And yeah. then they've also, and then as of April 1st, they instituted like uh, men have certain days where they can leave the house. Or women have certain days where they can leave the house. So men can leave the house Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and women can leave the house Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Wild. So yeah, that's, uh, and uh, yeah, you can't go anywhere. Um, uh, only in your house. So, but <laughs> people have people have been sneaking out. I've I've seen. Oh man, I'm I'm so happy that I have like uh, 50 acres right now, like of land on my my property. So I just like hang out, get yeah, some exactly. shit done outside. Now the snow is kind of going, so now I can get some uh, uh, a little bit more groundwork done. The the Ground starting to thaw, so I can get some shit done for the spring and, yeah. and whatever. But is that normally do you usually uh, have you been doing that for a long time going down to Panama six, in the winter? This was my sixth sixth time down. Yeah, six times. Did you work? You so work. I've, you work the full season, then you get. Do you take any time off and then go into Panama, or do you uh, just? Oh go yeah, because usually, usually like on a, in a typical year, usually November and April are slower. 
yeah, yeah, there's, yeah. Nothing, you, like, there's nothing going on back there's nothing going on in Nova Scotia November-ish when it comes out you might get you know some nice days but we usually we usually operate May to October uh, in Halifax or outside of Halifax and then the season down in Panama for me is like December to beginning beginning of December to beginning of April yeah so I get you know get a bit of time between the the back and forth is, is usually what I've done so I, I've been doing that since 14 i think now so crazy yeah. oh, working out nice yeah i was looking at it. i was down in um in uh my friend i think he still still owns it uh he's a hostel in san juan del sur in nicaragua and uh, i was down there for a couple months when was that 2017 i think 2008 maybe it started 2018 i think and mm-hmm. um yeah started 2018 that's when it was and uh i was down there look i was down there yeah a month and a half i think and I was looking at property down there because I wanted to go on the, uh, there's an island, Ometepe, in the middle of the, the big yeah, inland lake. lake. lake yeah, big, I love that. Lake Nicaragua. Yeah, yeah, man, I love that that island. There's two islands there. So I was looking at buying property, and as soon as I came back, it kicked off uh, again in the civil unrest. That was like the spring, Oh yeah. literally a yeah, week I after I got back. And then everybody that owned, like San Juan was pretty much like all, majority was Canadian expats that were running businesses there, and they were all gone <laughs> and then now yeah. it's starting yeah. to trickle back i know a yeah. bunch of people that are down there right now but uh mm-hmm. but yeah man that was the that's the, that was the goal to do the the summers here and then but, but then this winter we got into doing a bunch of winter tourism stuff and that kicked off and that was two months straight of busy and and so next year there's there's going to be uh next year i probably won't be able to go away we'll be doing winter campaign in january nice. yeah february, that's what March. i guess you guys are doing like you know like you can do a little bit more snowshoe cross-country skiing to areas to winter camp i guess yeah well we were working so we did a years and years ago we did this five-day snowshoe trip across the highlands and it was kind of like as any good idea comes about uh that one came about around beers and uh like thanksgiving (laughs) with friends Mm -hmm. and uh they got put forth and i missed the first one and then i did this i did get it again in like 2011 and then, uh, yeah, since we started Live Life Intense in 2016, 17 area, something like around there, uh, I was wanted to do it in the wintertime. And um, and then this winter, I just said, fuck it, we're going to do a winter campaign. And um, and because there was some money available for uh, wage subsidies through TNs and and um, a couple cool. other yeah. things that were there that were, <laughs> it was funny because the way that it was, it was put forth and I submitted an application for this wage subsidy and... Uh, I said, well, this will enable me to do more ad spends um, rather than paying, like I can get half a wage, uh, half half my salary um, cut down and I can put that money in ads and marketing and stuff. And then um, I get an email back and they're like, so uh, this is for people that weren't going to stay open otherwise. So are you going to tell me, are, are you, you're saying that you are going to be open otherwise or not? And I'm like, oh yeah, no, 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 I'm not opening unless I get this funding. <laughs> so he goes, okay, cool. Yeah, you got it. You're approved. So then we launched and we did oh, this. Good five day trip but um what's happening is that there's more um more of a uh increase in interest to do like winter activities and within this province um and then also uh, a lot of like clientele from quebec that are coming to the park here um so we work hand in hand with the highlands park on certain mm-hmm. things and so um anyway she uh the the crew up there at the Enchetti camp uh, were telling us about a huge uptick in interest. People stopping in from Quebec, wanting to do backcountry things, and they really do not have a, um, I guess, any guidelines for what's considered backcountry. Like they kind of know, like, yeah, you want to go to tip over, you want to go do what we did across the highlands, go from one side of the island to the other. That's yeah, that's backcountry. But you know, how do we mitigate our risk and our liability with people going back? Because we dealt with 
Um, I mean, I'm sure you deal with it all the time. People just bullshitting their way into tours and stuff and then get stuck in a very shitty situation. Um, kind of embellish their, their experiences or just don't take the, the required, like for us, it was like a very strict requ- required gear list, which was just essentials, right? Um, you know, stuff down to like uh, insulated water bottles and shit like that for crossing the highlands, but some people just didn't bring them. <laughs> so, you know, there's shit like that. Um, so as a park, the park is not really sending people and, and like enforcing this stuff. So what's happening now with us doing this trip, uh, they want to develop some some guidelines for doing backcountry. And what, what I think is going to happen is they're going to require anybody that goes off trail, anything off any other already done trails is considered backcountry. And if you want to do it, you have to hire a guide. So they're going to put the liability on the guides now, uh, which they have never done in the past. Plus, they're not even open in the winter. They're opening next winter. So we just did it and helped them, um, gave kind of like our suggestions and then linked them up with uh, people down at Kedji um, that were doing some stuff to kind of fine tune what their requirements are as far as like guides and companies and all that sort of stuff. So there's some stuff moving along up here, but yeah, with the, <clears throat> that's how the CKI guide Alliance of BC sort of came around because parks in, in, out in BC really wanted, they did, you know, people who didn't have the experience and they want to hire a guide. They're like, we need to have some regulations around like, you know, so the sea kayaking Alliance came about because they, they could get certified and trained properly. And then you get to hire that guy to take you in to the park. So yeah. now that, that certification is used throughout the country. And, um, a lot of Parks Canada, too, also use Paddle Canada as their, that's their... Baseline, yeah. Yeah, baseline, no matter if you're if you're outside of the province of BC, that's usually... Well, you got that level in Paddle Canada, you're, you, you know, you're good, you have staff there, yep. that's fine. You might want to ask Parks Canada, too, like, because maybe the, you know, Cape, Cape Breton Highlands may not have any guidelines for backcountry um, hiking, like, if you need it, but I'm sure other parks throughout yeah. the country have yes. those yes don't, don't reinvent the real obviously. no i know that well that's it they they have them down at kedgy uh because i was talking to them at kedgy we're going to do an event down there i don't know if that's even going to happen now but um but yeah no we're just just trying to work with them because i mean we had um we had 10 we had 15 people originally sign up for it and then it ended up becoming 10 uh and then after the first night it was down to nine we're going to mm-hmm. take one person out um yeah, and then we we did it, but you know, um, even with like <laughs> really trying to to uh, uh, push safety and push like gear list and getting people to, to you know checking in on them all the time to see if they, if they need any help or if they need to rent any gear or what have you, people still didn't come prepared. So um, there's just shit oh, like for that. Sure. Like I, in Ontario, I worked I worked in outdoor centers, so we we did a, um, <clears throat> I did a few. Uh, you know, snowshoeing trips in the winter time where we we used, you know, tents, Quincy's, and all that stuff. So yep. the thing is, is, usually, you know, us being the outdoor center, we're responsible for everybody's safety. So we, because we we did uh, anywhere from youth to adults as well too. So we told people we give them a packing list of like just bring warm warm stuff, and we made sure you know that was that was different because we just made sure they brought everything. But it's right, you get that on. On the day trips in uh, that we do out of East Coast Outfitters, like it's that's the good thing about that is that people are only there for a small amount of time, two hours, four hours, six hours. We don't have them for a long period of yes. time. So like that's 
that kind of don't need to worry about too much there. We try to tell people like, don't wear jeans, no, don't no cotton. <laughs> Bring, you know, sometimes people show up in shorts and a t-shirt when it's, they shouldn't. But you know, and it's not like we have a whole bunch of stuff up in the boathouse that we can probably give people like a rain jacket or something. But we can't dress everybody properly. Yeah. But down, but down south though, we do have a packing list too. We try to keep it. We try to. It's a different climate. Are you dealing with hot instead of cold? But still, the, I think uh, um, when it comes to doing that in the park, you, you know, you have to, as an outfitter, sometimes you have to have some of those things available to you. So if people don't bring their their own insulated services. You have insulated services yes. for them, and yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Just charge this and just charge the amount properly. You know, you got to you got to have these necessities. This is how much this trip costs. And so you just you know. You have to plan it out that way. I always, you know, you always plan that they're going to, you're going to have some people that know what they're doing and they follow your packing list properly. But, you know, usually when people do a guided tour, it's, it's because either they're not familiar with the area or they just don't know what they're doing. Right. So they need to have us <laughs> to know what they're doing. Then some people that I've taken on trips, like they're actually, you know, good paddlers, good campers. They, they know, but the majority of people that go on my trip, they don't. They don't think about these things that we think about, you know, at the, when it comes to either camping in the hot climate or camping in a cold climate. And so, yeah, we have to, we sometimes have to do some handholding for sure. But, you know, if, if I just, I, I just imagine that everybody shows up with not so much experience and knowledge because usually when people want to go out, they phone up their buds, they grab a case of beer and they go out camping, right? So they don't usually go to a guided, tri- guided trip. But if you're doing it within a park or a certain area, like, I do it down south. We have we do it in a national park too, and you can't do you can't do your own trip. You have to go on a guided trip with us, right? Yes. So the same thing in parks. If people go off trail, you have to have a guided tour, and that's and, you know that's a big difference. So you, then you get a variety of experiences of people. So you just got to be ready for anything and just plan for. I I try to think of plan for the worst. The, you know, <laughs> I, I'm not the worst in people, but plan just plan for the fact that they may not they they don't have too much experience and, and hopefully if they're going on a hiking trip, they are, you know, they're mobile. They have done some before they have the proper footwear and gear and maybe some not. And, but then, you know, I try to think about it with a kayaking tour, the same thing. Hopefully when people go on an overnight kayaking trip, they're like, they've kayaked before they're in pretty good shape, but you'll be surprised. The, the, the sizes of people that I've met yeah. and the experience in paddling. I'm like, you guys know we're going on a three-day trip, right? And they're like, oh, yeah. And, that, you know, I've had people come on my trips that have never kayaked before, and I have people that have never camped before go on my trips. I'm like, okay, well, this is a good way to introduce you. Let's do it. <laughs> <clears throat> and, that's, and that's our job as a guide to make sure they, ha- you know, they make sure they, they do have a good experience. But Yeah, what's, what's the um... – down in Panama, what's your kind of clientele base down there? Is it mostly Americans or like a mix of pretty much anybody? Uh, North Americans and yeah. Europeans, I'd say. So mostly Canadians and Americans. Yeah. And then uh, we'll splattered in with some Europeans every once. Yeah, we get it's half and half, I think. North Americans, Europeans, maybe a bit more North Americans than Europeans, but definitely those are the two the two areas that we see them coming from for sure. Is there a much difference? In, like, what's what's your main clientele in Halifax? Uh, is it kind oh, of similar? or Is it completely different? It's completely different. It's local. It's it's Nova Scotians. So you'd be surprised. Like there's, uh, um, I think we did a survey a couple of years ago, and then last year too. We we always take waiver, we take registration and waiver forms for yep. when people show up. So we we took a section of those waiver forms, and we just took the information like you know 
where they're from, male, female, age, where did you hear about us? You know, the information like, you yes. know, a marketing yeah. advertising person would want to know. I don't care about their email or whatever like that. So like, uh, and I think we found that like 70% of people are from Nova Scotia. Yeah. Visit around that area. And then it comes, then the next, next blotch is like Northeast provinces, then Ontario, then Northeastern US, then like Germany, UK. Yeah. So it's almost in, it's almost in line with what tourism Nova Scotia stats for all of Nova Scotia, like it's, it's so we do have a heavy, heavy local traffic through our through our place for sure. Yeah, that's 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 huge. I mean, because yeah. I think there's a lot of people that <clears throat> there's a lot of people I talk to that aren't necessarily like tour operators, but they're like accommodations and all that sort of stuff that have mm-hmm. catered a lot to um, really hedge their their bets on international clientele. Um, there are a lot of operators as well, but um, it's going to be it's going to be a different season for sure uh, for people because they've you know a lot of people are getting scared because speci- it all depends on what what you know industry you're in. But like so, for instance, my fr- one of my friends is a fly fishing guide and he's had a lot of cancellations so far um, because a lot of his clientele is is from the states or international and they're coming here to either golf a cabin and then they go fishing with him. And, uh, but they're not, you know, they're not local. His, his majority of all of his clients are international. Yeah, and, because you know your your buddies like the same. Because I, I was a I was a fishing guy in Northern Ontario for two years when I was going to school because you know good pay tips were nice. But like they're all Americans yeah. mostly. Some some Canadians every once in a while, but they're all Americans. And then all the Americans would always ask me, and they're like, "Why isn't there like?" But there's one there's one lodge I worked for that. All the clients were Americans. And they're like, you, you guys get Canadians here? I'm like, man, if Canadians want to go fishing, they call up their friends, they grab a case of beer, and they go fishing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so they, they don't come to, like, so that's, your buddy's in the same boat. Like, anybody who's who's an active sports fisherman or fly fisherman in anywhere in this province, they don't, they're not going to, you know, pay a guy to go, because that, you know, they're, they're doing that on their own. They're going in the little creeks and rivers, but it all depends. Like, I've, I've used, I've used guided services uh, in areas where um, I'm not familiar with paddling, so that's the easiest. Because so yeah. you would you you would use them like once maybe, and then that's like okay, I know like, you know you might want to. Hopefully, some people will pay the guy to check out the stream or the river, and they you know figure out where they go, and then they can go fishing on their own afterwards when they you know. So I've done that before. Like I went to Newfoundland, I've never been there before to to paddle and. Went pad- I went to the outfitter. I'm like, hey, can I hop on a tour? Because I just want to know the area and maybe go paddling myself. And they're like, yeah, sure. <clears throat> and then when I get back, they were like, uh, so what are you doing tomorrow? Because we need a guide for the. <laughs> I was like, I can, I, I can help you out. Don't worry. Yeah, sounds <laughs> so, like so that sounds like me trying to snipe employees from people. <laughs> yeah, well, I was, I was honestly, I wasn't trying to find work. I just wanted to like talk to the guides, and you know, you basically just pick their brains and like. You know, look at the charts and where to go, where not to go. Because you know, you can look at the chart, especially on the Avenue Peninsula of Newfoundland. You're like, okay, well, there's a cape, and then there's the ocean. <laughs> you're like, so where do where you know? There's not a lot of like little bays and inlets on that side of the coast in Newfoundland, right? Because usually in, in Nova Scotia, when you're going paddling on the ocean, like even in Cape Breton, no matter where, there's usually little little places, especially around uh, Ile Madame. I always like paddling there. Yeah, it's a really nice spot. So yeah. nice little area to go paddle, and then. Or even trying to paddle around, like from um, from uh, uh, Neil's Harbor to White, po- uh, White Point, White, White Point, Point Neil's Harbor. Point, like yeah. that's that's all that's all open, but there's like little tickles out there that you can go and play around. But that's a, that's an easy paddle to do. But usually, I was there with a friend. I didn't go there myself. I yep. you know my friends came threatened. They're like, "Let's go paddle. You know the area. Good. I'm going with you." <laughs> yeah. So yeah. 
I think Almadam, uh, that whole area, it's it doesn't get as much attention as it should for for that sort of stuff. Like the mm. the majority of all the concentration of ad spend for like uh, tourism dollars is on the west coast, and like the fastest developing county is Inverness County uh, right now. Yeah. It's crazy, and they just they keep yeah. pumping money into this county. I mean, it was it was kind of kickstarted with Cabot, but then like all this other shit is kicking off. Like a lot of a lot of younger people, so like myself, moved home. Uh, my friend Jeremy moved home, who runs Keeper at West Paddleboards here. He used to work for Angelo, and then Jimmy's here, mm-hmm. for guiding a lot more guides coming down. Um, also, I mean, Cabot just brings in a lot of summer summer staff, yeah. and then it been, a, isn't there another guy in Inverness that started? I can't remember. Started yeah, last yeah, year. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mackenzie, uh, Al- it's called Mc- what's his name, Alex. Alex, yeah, yeah. I can't it, remember his last it, name. I'm trying to remember. I think it's Mackenzie Roger. It's Alex Rodriguez. No. Something like that. I thought it was. I thought it was a Spanish, like a kind of Spanish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he has relatives in Inverness, and he started last. Yeah, he's in. I think last season last was his. Yeah, yeah. So he's up there doing, um, just mm-hmm. kind of like got it on the on the coast. Jeremy does the Marguerite River, so he, um, I, we grew up together, and and he worked for Angelo, and he did these kayak tours in high school at a shetty camp, but everybody closed up. So then yep. he went working for Angelo, was going to do a kayak company, Marguerite, and then ended up doing paddle boards. But now he's getting into kayaks. Um, because, the, I mean, the river itself, like the tour that he does on the river is unlike anywhere else. It's fucking amazing. Because you just have a whole, whole different vantage point on the whole valley. And you've got two different river systems that merge at the forks. Uh, you can come down from Lake Ainsley. You mm-hmm. can go up the northeast. They both have different different characteristics um and and you know nobody else is really doing i know um i think one other guy was what's his name from inverness that runs the boat tours um eagle eye outfitters he was doing a, oh yeah a brief I thought, I thought i thought they were up near dingwall or something like that Eagle Eye. <laughs> no that's eagle north <laughs> eagle north <laughs> There you go. See, you get mixed up every once in a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're they're, they're up that way. Um, and then Angelo's on the other side of the island. Jeremy's over here, and then Alexi's in uh, uh, Inverness now, in Mabu yeah. and Port Hood and that sort of stuff. But yeah, man, the the paddleboard stuff of the river was was good, and we've kind of like we. Uh, he's just had a kid and, and we brought him, we always worked together, but now we're kind of like more in an official capacity. I brought him on board and, and developed a lot of marketing materials for him. And I read his whole website and implemented cool. the booking, our booking system. So all of his shit, you can book through my website and package with our accommodations and right. everything else and build your own packages. And then that widget is also on his website. So it's all kind of one system. And then we do all of his pre-bookings. Um, and man, well, I was getting ready to launch the, the marketing campaign and then yeah, you know, and this went down. <laughs> then this went down. And yeah, I know. All that, all that, all that stuff got put on pause. <laughs> so yeah, well, but, it's a good idea on that end too, just to help, like everybody else helping everybody else out. Because usually a lot of the things is, is is that first part is trying to get your name on something or having some you know booking online. And you know, I know a lot of people come up to Cape Breton, and you get a lot of people that want to go and do a lot of different things outdoors. So it's just, it's good to help. Yeah, we're trying to, we're just like, like that, you know? yeah, that so. was a whole, let's see, we started as a, I started as a marketing agency because I moved home and I kind of moved home. I was renovating this house that I'm in now that I live and we operate mm-hmm. out of my property. And, um, anyways, we were, I was here and, uh, we had done Live Life Intense as a blog. It was like an adventure blog 10 years before or something yeah, like that. I remember, that. I remember when it came out. <laughs> well, I remember. I remember in 16, it was 15 or 16, when someone gave me a sticker. Okay, like I yeah. I so had, a sti- it, I had a sticker on my Nalgene, and then I lost the Nalgene well, like in Panama. Somewhere. I'll get I'll get you some new ones. I'll get tons of new ones. I'll get tons of them. Um, I, I, I keep I keep jumping on the sticker sticker robot 
uh, sticker was it sticker robot sticker mule I used them once right. and they send me all their promos so that's like you know 50 stickers for like 19 bucks and shit like this so but um nice. yeah we start but we start way before that uh, it was spelt differently and it was like in 2009 I think as a blog and then when I started it was a marketing agency but then you know nobody would I mean Angelo I think was the only person that said yeah I'll give you 10% for any booking you throw my way but I had no like track record <laughs> so we just start doing everything, our own things and renting our own gear and planning and kind of throwing things yeah. at the wall to see what stuck. And then it kind of evolved into what we're doing now. And now I, well, at that, yeah, at that time, you also would have had rising tide expedition still working out of, uh, that was Tim and Jacqueline. They used to work out of, uh, not Gaspro. Um, I can't remember, but they used to be, a, they used to run a company called rising tide expeditions. I'm not sure if you remember them. No. Nope. Oh, I, I forget what little, they were in a little town. They're both social workers, and they were, they did a, uh, you know, they kind of, they kept, uh, they were at the first time Cape Breton Paddle Fest in 2013 or 12, I believe. It was 13, I think. And, uh, but they, they sort of stopped doing that because they were just concentrating on their work and their house and stuff like that. Yeah. I can't remember. I'll look it up. But they, they, so you have, you have a lot of businesses going around doing not just sea kayaking, but just outdoor stuff in general. Too. Yeah. So, you know, for, People always think about you know Cape Breton. They're like, oh, is it like there's not a lot of stuff to do there? I'm like, yes, there is. <laughs> Trust me. Like, is, is it is it just though? They're like they always come because you. I hear a lot <clears throat> from people that are on my tours in Halifax, and it's just like, oh, well, you know, we're gonna. It's like, oh, you're going to Cape Breton. What are you gonna do? Oh, you know, it's gonna go around the trail. Skyline Trail. Like, That's it. <laughs> I'm like, is that it? It's like you're just gonna drive this. Yeah, we're gonna take it. We're gonna stay in deck, and then we're gonna drive the trail. And we're gonna come like. There's lots of other things you can do. <laughs> Trust me, man. It's we been... try to try to rhyme try to rhyme them off the short little without sound without sound like a commercial for Cape Breton. You just try to you're like just go and you know we're like I try to ask people like what are you interested in? You're like what do you want to do? Do you want to hike? Do you want to walk? Do you want to do more boating? <clears throat> and usually you can throw them to you're right and they don't go down to the southeast side of the south like saint what's saint peter's like you know what's what's that? I'm like come on even Mabu they have no idea where that is or down to the uh, or down towards no, they'll know about Lewisburg. They'll say, "Oh yeah, we're gonna go see the fort." I'm like, "Okay, yeah. that's good too." But, but but keep looking around, keep going, go down to the river, go down to the market. You know, Inverness, those counties too. There's lots of things that people. Yeah. And don't worry about Sydney. You don't need to go to Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because most of Sydney comes to Marguerite. So so his historically Marguerite was like the the holiday spot for people um, that worked and lived in Sydney. So they all had cottages and cabins up in Portree and, and up way up the Marguerite River. Um, and then, you know, steel plant shut down and, and all that sort of stuff. And there's still a lot of families that own properties up there, but it's not as like busy here. But I've been finding since we've done and, and like I was talking to somebody yesterday about this. I can't remember who. Anyways, we were talking about um, so for, for tubing, for our like lazy river tubing shit, that is like 80% people from Sydney. Like it's crazy. Oh it's, hell yeah! Yeah, I love that it's, shit. It's just like that's a and it's all like um, healthcare workers work at the hospital, old age homes, like uh, call center. Like we had a <laughs> we had this. Mm -hmm. Jesus, I wonder where that video is at. I think it's on my old phone. So I got a call in the spring. They wanted to book a, a work trip, right? So they wanted a bus. And my property, my driveway, even though I had it redone this last year, it's still narrow. It's an old farm driveway. Um, it's wide enough for like a truck and I can get like a cube van up here and stuff like that, but not like a fucking tour bus or an 18 wheeler. So this, this, um, I forget, I forget her name. She called me up and she's like, I'm booking this, this group trip. There's like 40 or 50 of us or something like that. I'm like, okay, cool. They're like, yeah, we're just going to rent a, rent a, a van or two and bring us down. I'm like, cool. So we're sitting here and I'm doing my emails in the deck and 
the young guy, uh, Isaac, was pumping up all the tubes, and I just he stops and he goes, "You see what's coming up the driveway?" And I'm like, "No." And I look, and it's this big blue tour van, tour bus, like massive, <laughs> massive tour bus. Yeah. And he's coming up the driveway. And I'm like, "Oh my fuck, that guy's gonna get stuck." And I just picture him stuck. It's gonna like spin out in my driveway. We're not gonna be able to get it turned around. We're gonna have to get the tow truck down here. He makes it up to the house, and uh, he he went over like it's a sharp turn coming up on my driveway, and he went onto the lawn. The the whole tour bus like started tilting back and then he made it up over the hill and he came by the house and I walked over to him. I go, dude, man, like how the fuck do you think you're getting turned around right now? He goes, Oh, I'll just go up the hill to the campground. I was like, no, no, no. You think that turn was tight. You should see the one up there. Like it's not going to, so we managed to turn him around and he got out of here, but uh, I've had to deal with a few things like that, but yeah, it's been a, it's been a very interesting ride, but, uh, but yeah, man, mostly from Sydney. Um, And then a lot of people from up North, but, but that's the, the craziest thing is is trying to, and that's been our battle, is trying to um, to do exactly what you're saying is like market Cape Breton as as something that that more more to do than the Skyline Trail and that sort of stuff. So, mm-hmm. like we're we tested out a bunch of guided hike uh, hiking trips last fall, and I was just ready to launch a multi day. So we get this big van and it sits idle after tubing's done. It's sitting there in, in September <coughs> October not doing anything. So I changed the, my license to be able to pick up in Halifax and drop off in Halifax. Um, so we were going to launch multi-day tours, which was marketed at international. So I'm scrapping that, but we also have all these guided hikes that we've had. Um, we've got landowner approval. It's all through pro- private property within Marguerite or kind of around right. here. And we've got all landowner approvals. Um, we are limited to X amount of trips a month to go up there through their property. But, uh, but we get to kind of like exclusive access to these areas that generally are kind of closed off to the public. Mm-hmm. technically technically not i mean i really don't know the rules around it but as far as like commercial businesses going in there um we're the only people that are allowed to do it um which has been interesting we took some people up there last year and they're amazing locations they're harder to get to so that's the kind of trying to get that word across that there's like these different trips that you can do that aren't the skyline we i have no interest in doing anything within the park um <clears throat> yeah. that, that's on any of the trails. Well, I want to hit like the stuff that I used to go like search for when I was a kid. So that's the whole premise. Like if you want to go to the park, it's all there. The information's there. You can find it. Good. You can go and do it yourself. <laughs> I'm going to take people to somewhere that's different than everything else you're going to get everywhere else. So, but you yeah. know, that's kind of like our uphill battle trying to kind of shine a light on uh, us and then also kind of use our platform to kind of elevate everybody else. So whereas Jeremy with CBS Paddleboards, you can stay here. He's using our, our facility here as his home base. So you can rent gear yeah. from here. You can do all that shit. His tour starts like literally just down the road. Um, Jimmy, who is fly, um, a great day fishing, fly fishing guy. He's got two or three other guys underneath him. They all kind of meet here every day and hang out and drink coffee in the morning and then go out with their clients. And we kind of like all work together to help build the industry here and, uh, in 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 marguerite so it's been a fun ride man. yeah 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 that's, that's what you gotta do when you have those those two with you and you're, they're doing other things you get more people interested and attracted to the area so like you know especially if you have you have something like that where, where you know you're going through the marguerite valley the marguerite area where people no, not a lot of people go before people will be interested in doing that especially people who want to hike <clears throat> different things rather than just your typical skyline trail and you know Egypt Falls and, and all those places are great like I mean we're not saying like don't go there <laughs> but <clears throat> but we're saying like there's more to the 
you know, I'm saying, trust me, discover it. trust me, yeah. trust me for the day and I'll bring you to some spots that you will yeah. never, ever have. I would, I would, you know, the thing is, it's like, you know, not just me, but there's more people like me that would love to like, Oh, I want to go on that trip. That's usually some, you know, I want to see something different. That's not usually that people don't see. So, you know, and if they really love hiking and, and moving around, then that's fine. So, you yeah. know, I like, I remember I went to Paul's Cove for the first time I've paddled, uh, around uh, from Pleasant Bay, around to Cape St. Lawrence before in a boat. And yeah, I yeah. walk. I did. I've done the. I've I've done the hike out. I camped out in Pollock's and stuff like that, and saw the horses. That was fun, you know. But uh, and you know, but people can do that. But I I don't know where you are in the Marguerite Valley. I've never seen that area too uh, before. So <laughs> I would definitely, you know, I've seen that area before. But where you're going to take me is somewhere that I couldn't go on my own. Then yeah, yeah that's fair enough. Like you know. And, and I think people and people will want to go out and do that. Sometimes. Yeah, and there's a lot of stuff happening. Um, there's a lot of stuff happening in that's coming in the pipeline for um, for like hiking outdoor stuff, like multi day uh, hut to hut hiking. So mm-hmm. of course you probably heard of Seawall Trail that they're trying to establish up northern Cape Breton. Um, Parks Canada is also greenlit. A couple of years ago they greenlit the project uh, to build um, multi multi-day trail system so there's different phases to this project i believe they had there I'm, I'm pretty sure they're cutting the trail from um bu- bu- bu, not benji's lake um fuck what is it corny brook corny brook trail up over blueberry mountain over to the skyline trail and oh, then yeah. and then the next phase would be to cut that down into fishing cove and then up to the mckenzie so oh, the the plan yeah, yeah. so be, what yeah so what's happening in in park is that they're trying to they're working kind of with um, from what I understand from the information that I got from people there, uh, was that they're trying to bridge basically the seawall trail and time it. So the seawall trail will be developed the same time as the, all these multi-day trail systems within the park. So the plan would be to be able to have a trail that went from the Shetty Camp Park entrance all the way to Pleasant Bay. Then you'd have to kind of get yourself to the Paul's Cove trailhead, which is also the seawall trailhead, one of them. And then hike yep. over, you could hike over to Aspie Bay, or not Aspie Bay, uh, the Aspie Fault, so where the bottom yep. of North Mountain. The Aspie mm-hmm. Trail will be linked over to Micah Hill, and then I think into Pleasant Bay. So, or not wow. Pleasant Bay, uh, Inganish. So you can literally spend like yeah. a week, two weeks hiking up the Northern Highlands. That would be great. Like, because, people, you know, I know friends of mine love to do a lot of um, uh, overnight camp. They just, you know, I, I like doing coastal hikes and day hikes and stuff like that too, but doing multi, I had a friend of mine do the, uh, the Cape Chignecto hike they did it in about five six days and they you know they they looking they always look or she always looks every year for a different place to go hiking so if this is up you know and they usually plan the route and do the, yeah do their own thing but if this is something that they could get to or whatever yeah you know, the public or even with, even through guided services and that's you know more options for people right so yeah I mean that's the the biggest thing right now is that the seawall is kind of stalled because of the um it, it's going through one, like a wilderness area so. Right now in Nova Scotia, um, you right now in Nova Scotia you can't uh, operate commercially within these wilderness areas, uh, but you can mm-hmm. use it uh, like personal use, like the Seawall Trail. Yeah. Like a lot of people do that hike every year. Like I had a bunch of people, friends of mine, did it last June. Uh, I'll probably yeah. do it again. I did it when I was a kid. But uh, anyways, we um, <clears throat> like they're stalled because the legislation says that you can't operate commercially. But then there's also another clause within that legislation that says you can with certain permits from the government, but there's nobody there to issue the permits. So there's a guy who's here, uh, his name's Ross Cloutier. He's been out here all winter doing uh, a report to help 
like the islands hired him to do a report on that whole northern peninsula northern Aspie Bay area and up in the highlands to talk about you know all the economic spin-offs and what's possible up there from like heli uh heli skiing to alpine skiing to hut to hut hiking all the economic benefits of actually allowing the seawall trail to operate commercially up giving them a permit but right now there's nothing in place to allow them to actually keep moving forward with the project like they're pretty much ready to go but they're hitting a, a stalemate here so that's yeah. the, that's the roadblock that they're dealing with from my conversation with those guys yeah yeah so but other than that man it'll be uh yeah there's a lot of shit coming <laughs> there's a lot yeah no there's lots of people in nova scotia that have a, a lot of small businesses that are going you know what are the you know they're they're going really well and then you know with this with with this sort of pause and stall, they're going okay. So what do I do now? <laughs> What's going to be happening now? So it basically, you just gotta you just gotta sit down and wait. Like yeah, yeah. I'm all, we, all we can do right now. Yeah, I'm hoping that everything clears up by uh, hopefully the end of June, start of July ish summers. Um, a lot of people are planning for that. Some people are planning for August. Um, I've been like restructuring these multi day tours now to be more of a staycation thing and trying to see where we could um, kind of because the rates are more structured for uh like a week like a five-day tour would be like 2200 bucks um so we're trying to structure it so that it is a little bit cheaper whether or not i don't know how i'm doing it. i'm thinking like scaling discounts so if like you know two, two people book there'll be a discount but if like you have a group of 10 people that want to book you can get like you know 40 yeah. percent off because majority of that tour is with stuff that we we do we we operate it'd be like our guides and our van our campground we'd be staying up north at a couple campgrounds but you know, I can, I can maneuver this year with that rate just to accommodate um, local tourists and try to like build out tours, and we can yeah. pick people up in Halifax and transport them around the trail and back to Halifax, and just trying to hustle, man, and uh, get things up and going. But, um, but yeah, but up in Halifax, yeah. as far as like what you guys do, I was curious to see like. Uh, I, I was curious to meet more people up in the Halifax area because I only know really uh, like Ryan Barry is like the only guy that I I've known I've met through it the last couple of years. I know all the operators mm-hmm. in Cape Breton Island pretty much, but, uh, but as far as Halifax is concerned, not really anybody. Um, yeah. I've known Ryan for a while. Ryan uses our place to do his, his full day sea kayaking and, and uh, hike. So he comes and sea kayak. He's so Ryan's good at really putting, you know, grabbing other people and putting uh, tours together um that that his his people do but he uses other yes uh, he goes to other places and brings you know he he might use you he might use angelo he might use uh another i can't, I can't remember exactly who he uses but he uses other outfitters yes. to to do his tour so he got he, he does his half day kayak tour with us and then he drives over to uh he drives over to prospect and does the uh the high head trail there for the, the hiking portion of it right so but uh when it comes to uh, uh, there's lots of different uh, activities, not not just like hiking, canoeing, biking. You know, there's lots of different uh, little businesses that sort of stream up from um, sort of this outdoor tourism to like you know, B and B's, restaurants, yes. small places. We're all connected in a certain sort of way. So um, there's, but there's like you know, um, there's paddleboard tours that they do on like Bunuk there's St. Mary's Boat Club that's sort of just open for a public kind of run through the municipality as well. Um, when it comes to the Halifax region, um, uh, when it comes to other canoeing and kayaking, is there's really only a couple of the Fred's business that's kayaks out of uh, Fisherman's Cove, ours at a lower prospect. There used to be another, used to be one up in uh, um, the Glen Margaret area. 
uh, CSUN used to be up there, but they're, they've stopped operating as of three, four years ago. But uh, the thing is, is the, the, you know, people that want to get out and get active, they can do that on their own. Lots of, there's lots of places that go paddling too. So you see a lot of individuals with their own stuff going out there yeah. as well too. So, do, um, do you guys have like, um, like different rates for, for locals or do you have like a, like a, um, kind of like a membership rate for, for people for renting gear and going out if they don't own their own gear or is it just the flat fees? Um, we usually just flat fees. Usually it's it, it, it now, you know, with the, with this happening, um, we might look at that in the future too and, and try to encourage more locals to come to, so that they, we do something called what's called like a paddle pass. So they yeah. can, if you're a renter or you want to come, you can, it's almost like getting a gym membership. Yes. Most, yes. you know, it's like, you know, if this is how much it costs a month, then you can come and paddle as much as you want. <clears throat> or, you know, certain, during certain, like there's not any stipulations, you know, just let yeah. us know. So in that way, there is a local discount because you're definitely not paying the, the, the full price. If you were, if you went out and rented a boat from us three days a week for half a day, that may cost you, I can't remember our prices off the top of my head. That may cost you 120 bucks that's today. But you know, if you want to come, you know, our paddle pass. It depends on what you want to use it for. But you might buy a paddle pass for 250, and you can come three days a week, and you're definitely getting. You know, if you did that or three days a week for four weeks, that would have, that'd be almost 480 bucks, and you you get it for 250, right, for the paddle pass. So, yeah. Um, so that's the local benefit if you don't have your own equipment and you want to paddle. That also can be transferred over to if you want to do our – we have daily specials that we do every evening, um, different ones. Like So like we have a, an after-work paddle on Friday evening from 6 to 8 o'clock, after-work paddle and barbecue after. And, you know, usually there's a, it's a small – We've been only charging um, thirty dollars a person for that, but now we're probably have to. We're looking at raising the price because it's been that way for over twelve years. That <laughs> <Yeah>. price, <clears throat> so yeah. we're raising that now to forty this year. But uh, you know, with, with this going on, we're not sure. But usually, uh, uh, we had a lot of locals coming to that, so we even they even can get passes. To what we call a paddle pass for our daily special yeah. too. So you know, and they can buy a monthly pass and then they can come to the ones that they're you know ladies nights thursday nights so if you're a guy you're kind of you can't really go on that one <clears throat> unfortunately but uh like so our ladies night paddles thursday so that was always pretty popular so we got a lot of locals that uh try to get their work groups their friends and come out and paddle for the evening too so um like but this this um with this uh going on that we're definitely gonna have to be um uh, marketing to our local our local spot yeah. because they're like like Fred and I were talking about in our last little talk there it's like no one it, even if this does clear up between July June uh, no one's really going to be thinking about traveling anywhere for the rest of this year like when it comes to hopping on a plane or no. a train yes correct to go somewhere else so uh, you know people who when, when we are allowed to start going outside and doing things um, and uh, you know and that's not allowed but you know, going outside and doing things so we don't uh, stress and uh, stress our you know, frontline workers and stuff like that. Uh, then I think people are definitely going to be staying around home. Um, so that's something we're gonna, we're going to have to hopefully be ready and, and open and ready to go when people say you know because everybody's cooped up and they really want to do something when they're allowed to go they're going to be like what are I gonna do I want to do everything <laughs> and so hopefully we're, hopefully we're ready to to be, you know ready and and prepared to to you know take them out and hopefully. Uh, the, the parks and the parks that have been closed for so long are ready to yeah. to go when when that happens. So <laughs> yeah, it's very Give interesting. Us. It's, it's going to yeah. be a very interesting season. <laughs> I'm just like uh, 
We are, it's funny because I've, I haven't had any cancellations. I've had uh, more bookings. It's weird. It's really no, odd. No. Yeah, I've had like a couple no. big, big ones come through. So, but they're mostly like retreats and and uh, and again tubing, like local like company trips in yeah. like August. It's like okay, fuck it. Yeah. So like what usually usually this time of year I get emails about uh, um, stuff in May and June. So that's super quiet right now. I've already we've had we we deal with a lot of destination destination management companies that are hired by large works large work groups to oversee their entertaining or receive their stay in Halifax if they're having a meeting or a conference there. So the 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 Halifax Convention Center has also already said that it's a lot of bookings have canceled even yeah. even later on. Even not just for May, June, but later on in the year as well. So we we had stuff begin booked for July and August and so and in May and one in June too. So those all cancelled a couple of days ago. And then we've had uh, we had I had at least three or four bookings off cruise ships and for May, and then so those are all canceled because the cruise ship season has been postponed until July first. Yes, as of, as of right now. So um, yeah, so like that's it's I I feel that we're not I'm I'm not going to be doing anything in May and June when it comes to <clears throat> uh, I, it all depends on when we get when people are allowed to start going outside, right? That's basically, or allowed to start doing things. The government yeah. start allowing to do things. So yeah. if it's, if it's not, I just, I feel that we're going to be in this for a little while, but again, we're like, we're ready to go. And whenever they say, hopefully it's not like one day, they're like, okay, everything's open tomorrow. And you're like, <laughs> ah! Hopefully like, we're just- hopefully they, they let us know when that's going to happen. But, uh, you know, we have to, you know, it's good to be hopeful, like uh, we, that everything's going to be fine, but it's also good to prepare for, it's like it's like going out on a it's like going on a camping trip. Like you put, you 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 plan, you plan, you hope for the best, and you plan for the worst. Yeah, and that's, and that's what we got to do here, right? <laughs> I know, we were talking about this last night. Uh, a couple of friends and I were uh, on the phone chatting back and forth and saying how uh, how wild they're like. I want to be at the party that Halifax downtown Halifax for when this the floodgates are open and the bars are back open. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I'm going straight to Halifax for like two days. Yeah, uh, it's he's gonna like, be a big boom. That, it's gonna be a boom. That's for sure. When, if, when, yeah, that'll be a party. Yeah, and it's very. It puts everything in perspective, really, for a lot of people that were kind of like you know, it's especially like people that I know in the city that don't really think ahead at all. They're buying things like things like basically consumer things, and rather than things that are like essential and that you need and you know that sort of stuff and and a lot of people nowadays um a lot more than i thought actually and i like i'm 35 so i thought that more people around my age would be like a little bit more responsible with the money not living paycheck to paycheck but like there's a lot of people that are living paycheck to paycheck a lot of people do that well in the service industry too the thing is is like i know a lot of people i'm i'm 45 i'm only 10 years older than you but i know a lot of uh, oh no wait i'm not 45 yet anyway but uh <laughs> um later this year but um um, yeah, I know a lot of people in the service industry. It's not like they aren't. They it's not like they aren't living paycheck to paycheck. Like they 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 get most of their monies. Like you would know, is through their tips. Uh, big yes. time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's a it's yeah yeah. Usually, I have friends with like their paycheck is for like the rent, <laughs> and then everything else is like I they use their tips to you know what they buy the groceries and stuff like that too, right? So, but uh, it's yeah, it's they they do have to live. Uh, sort of paycheck by paycheck because it's uh, it's a, it's it's you make your money differently each week and depending on the time of year and stuff like that too. So 
it's uh, it's good if they can save a little bit of money, but you know, it it uh, it's 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 difficult. So um, yeah, I feel feel for a lot of those people because basically that's what we're in. We're in the service industry, right? So it doesn't matter if you're hotel, restaurant, outdoor guiding company, tour company, you know, bartender at a at a restaurant. You're we're all doing basically the same service, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, it's a uh, it's a it's a rude awakening for a lot of people too. <laughs> so, oh, uh, sure. I'm, I, it's sure. like personally, I've been like I've been through a lot of uh, recessions in because in various in various careers that I've had. So I'm used to um, hunkering down, and uh, so I, I was prepared for this. I'm always I'm more more so prepared. There was at one point in time I was living. I had a store, a clothing store in Halifax, and I was living in a closet above the store, cooking off a hot plate. Um, with my clothes in like a box and uh and i had barely enough money to pay for like food i was eating like once a day and i would never take any money from everybody else and then uh i remember saying i am never going to be this goddamn broke ever again and then um and then because i worked offshore and then offshore was dead and i opened the store and then i went sold my uh my part my piece of the business and then i just went right back offshore that was Mm -hmm. when i was 24 25 and then, uh, yeah, I just said, fuck it. I'm just like, I'm never, ever going to be that broke again. And I'm going to like squirrel some cash flow away so that if something ever happened and then, you know, I turned 30 and the, the offshore industry, the, the oil price of oil dropped. So like, that's when everybody moved back from out West and, and mm-hmm. I was, all my projects overseas in Africa were all on hold. And then I came home, started live life intense, started fixing this house up. And then I've been here since, but so I've kind of like been used to the whole, like not knowing where the next pays coming and making the making sure that you had shit in for rainy days and stuff so unlike a lot of other yeah. my friends that just went straight into careers and just you know spending money on on houses they can't afford and and toys that they shouldn't buy yeah. and <laughs> that sort of shit i was i thought you were gonna go make that joke though that you're just like i never want to be that broke again but then i opened up an outdoor business <laughs> oh <laughs> no but man it's been friends that- I know I have lots of friends in the industry though that that's this you know they've done the same thing they used they used to do something else they came they opened this up they build a house up you know a little bit little bit a little bit yeah yeah, yeah. repairing the house but they get to you know you have somewhere to live and somewhere to stay but you know it's it's like you know there's lots of in this in the paddling industry too it's hard to make it's hard to make a lot of money in the paddling industry right so yeah. or just small outdoor business in general so yeah. I know and I've had friends of mine that are going they're changing they're changing up a bit and trying to get uh small groups that pay a lot of money to go do something interesting. But uh, in, like paddling in general, there's lots of overhead in a kind yes. outfitter. And, uh, you know, and I understand why there's, you know, there's companies like Ryan's company that they don't need all their own equipment. They don't need that overhead. We're going to put this tour together and we're going to use other people that already do it. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> so, you know, his overhead is, is, you know, the van and that's, and that's, you know, maybe the guide and some stuff, but that's it for this overhead, right? So uh, having a paddling, that's one thing about being in an outdoor business, having something that, like hiking has some overhead, but not a lot of overhead. Camping and then, then we'll have more overhead because you have, you know, equipment that you need to get unless they bring yeah. their own. So, so yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's difficult to make, uh, you know, no one's going to get rich in the in the outdoor in paddling industry or any outdoor industry. But you you know you get to live in, uh, the way you want to live and yeah, it's lifestyle. The things you want to do. Yes, it's a lifestyle. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. And um, you know, when something like this comes about, usually you don't have some people may not have uh, the 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 capability to to sit back and see what happens. But <clears throat> luckily, the government's helping. You know, we have some options with the government uh, recently, so that's hopefully that helps a lot of people. 
um, get through this. So that's what yeah. I hope for. Yeah, man. It's all in kind of, uh, um, um, I guess not streamlining. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, basically not head, putting all your eggs in one basket is kind of where I'm going with like, that's kind of what my angle was pretty yeah. much. That's why like we do like, there's so many fucking things that we I end up dipping my, dipping my toes into like tubing, camping, glamping, gear rentals, yeah, exactly. like everything. And then now we work with Jeremy at CB West and Jimmy's, you can book Jimmy's fly fishing trips on our website and you know, yeah. we kind of use our platform, but that's, um, yeah, that's been a big thing. I was so, um, I just didn't want to be pigeonholed into one, uh, one industry. I, yeah. I wanted to kind of like do everything and then use, sure. like you said, then, then use other operators for doing stuff. Like we'll be, well, that's what, uh, yeah, Fred and I do this. Like Fred does a lot of different things through his too. And I always, you know, we don't do any bookings on each other's sites, but we always try to, to, to make sure that, you know, it's not just paddling, but like Fred's company does, um, you know, we do, we do camping and we do, sorry, paddling and hiking mostly, but he, he, he does geocache races. He does kids programs. He does that. He does, you know, trips to Sable. He does trips to the five Island, um, five islands. Ashland. So he's, he tries to yeah. spread out. Yeah, he's yeah. not just paddling. Yeah. He's doing a whole bunch of different stuff yeah. too. Right. So, and that's what, and that's what I see a lot of companies doing. If they, if they have the capability to do it, like why not? Right. Yeah. Yeah, we were even doing like concerts and tours and and like uh, a clothing line and like fuck man, I, I dipped my toes in pretty much everything. So I was just trying to see, throw things at the wall, see what worked, and then and see then yeah, if it didn't sure. make any money off that little budget, then that would be something I close the door on, and then throw a little bit of cash yeah. flow at something else, and and you know because you didn't your overhead wasn't too high, right? You didn't you didn't dump a bunch of money. I'm like, oh well, that failed. I just lost ten thousand dollars. It's like, oh, you know, that was a couple hundred bucks. That was no no big deal there. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so, yeah, and I come good. from an event background too. So we, I've, I've, I've lost, I've lost like five times the amount of that money in one like night oh, of a, of a concert. Sure. I remember, fuck, I did this concert in Halifax and so much money into it, and then we got screwed over by uh, kind of like alcohol gaming and a couple other issues in Halifax, and then yeah, lost our shirt oh, on yeah. that one, and then one of the because artists canceled and blah blah blah. Yeah. Oh yeah, when you do event stuff in Halifax, Halifax is the city of like the city of no. Uh, <laughs> we want to we we me and my friends are always like so we would like nope so we want to try this nope but we want to have an event nope <laughs> it's like we try to go to the council every time and they're just like yeah we we want to do this outdoor event and do this here and then they're like nope nope can't do that can't do that can't do that <clears throat> and the liquor and gaming commission is just like it's I've had I've had friends I have friends in the hotel restaurant business and. It's like with it's like hitting your head against the wall all, every time. And now, like I, I have had friends that own restaurants on Argyle Street. Now Argyle Street is exactly how they wanted it to be ten years ago. Like ten years ago, you wanted to get a patio. Out. You got to do all these things to yes. get a patio. Out. If you want, if you want to have an outdoor event, you got to make sure you do. You, know, you have to do, go through all these hoops and to make sure you have to pay this much to this, this much to that person. And you're like, holy crap. Like no matter, no wonder no one wants to do anything is you're making this extremely difficult for anybody to do anything. <clears throat> and now the city went ahead and then this put like, uh, you know, the the nice pedestrian walking, which is really great. And now it's, you know, super simple to do what bars and restaurants are trying to do for 10 years, years ago <laughs> and for years, you know, 
Like, you know, if you want to have a patio here, you have to make sure you use these kind of screws and not those kind of screws. They have to be that kind of screw. And you're like, what? Like, and no live, really? no live music on patios either. We had a DJ from inside oh, the yeah. restaurant at the, 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 we used to do this patio party at, um, um, uh, fuck above the seahorse, the shoe shop. So shoe shop. yeah, when it, yeah. And I know, I know Victor is a friend of mine. Yeah. The so used to, he's going to the shoe shop. Yeah, we did it in the old spot. The, um, the old, uh, Victor used to date my aunt. <laughs> And back in the day when they were in university in St. of X. Back in the day. And then, uh, but yeah, so we were doing parties there and, and uh, we weren't allowed playing. We had to play music inside the old, we had the old seahorse on the left side, hand side, that little bar. And we set yeah. up like the, the, the CDJs and all the shit and the speakers. And we put a wire and a speaker outside and then we could play music. And then we filled that patio every Saturday all summer for, fuck, I think that was in like 2015 or 16 or something like that. I can't remember. Oh, yeah. Now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that would have been the last year that Victor had that. He sold that in 15. So, yeah. yeah and then but that was, yeah, exactly. So, well, yeah, he moved up to, he opened up the marquee in a local, and now that's his own place. And, but still, like, you want to have, like, just trying to do anything in the town or, like, on the, con- like, you used to be concerts on the Commons. Paul McCartney was on the Commons. They had so many concerts in the past. And now it's just, there's, they had, uh, they had, uh, a bunch of concerts in 2012 and 13 on the Citadel Hill on the yep. backside of Citadel oh, yeah. Hill, and like that was kick ass. But it's just like now it's super super hard. Uh, or there's I can't remember what the regulations were, but they don't do anymore because it's just uh, the city has made it so hard to do any outdoor events or any events to do with alcohol. Yes, and it's, it's it's you know it's like sacrilegious almost. Yes, you can't, and it's so hard. I'm like, what are you doing in the city? Like the city has so much great outdoor spaces that you can do concerts and live venues, not just at, not just on the patio, but like parks and public gardens. Like don't you can't even step on the grass <laughs> in the public gardens. Don't you? I got yelled at a few times. I'm like, I'm just sitting here, bud. Like Jesus. So, anyways, yeah, I don't. They, they, we, we. That was a joke. The city of no. Like, we, we want to do a con. Nope. We want to. Nope. Nope. Yeah. Nope. 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 Every time you go to the city council to get approval, nope. Nope. Like, okay, well, that's why no one wants to come and do business in Halifax because yeah. you guys are all just tell them no all the time. Trust me, that's why I'm in Cape Breton. That's it. Was funny because we did this tour at one point. Um, it's called Painter Die, and it was like a, a themed. Basically, we did these like very like cool. We the artists we booked, we wanted to have like high quality artists come in, and then we we did really well with it. And then we got paired up with this guy that just wanted quali- quantity over quality, and so he wanted to book this artist who was a gimmicky DJ from LA. It was this uh, DJ blend. He has like a face mask. And he got popular on YouTube for like DJing in this weird clown mask. And I was like, absolutely not. I'm not booking yeah, this artist. I to blame Dead so, Deadmau5 for that. Well, and then we <laughs> we uh, we did the, the the party and like this this was one we sold uh we sold it out a month ahead at the it was at the forum we had two full bus lo- massive tour buses from Edmonton New Brunswick we rented out the entire Cambridge Suites we had this massive uh, we put about two thousand people in that venue um, there was people scalping tickets on Kijiji for like five hundred bucks we charged like eighty wow. th- or sixty dollars the max but we kept two or three hundred back. Um, and then sold them for like out of our house in Bedford. When I saw people like scalping tickets online on Kijiji, we made a Kijiji post saying, Hey, we're the guys that are throwing this party. Nobody has to pay over 60 bucks. Here's like the, here's our, our phone number. Call us. We'll arrange that to sell the last bit. And we just sold them out of our house in Bedford. And then, uh, yeah, we did the party, but Alcohol Gaming showed up and they delayed the opening. They created a whole shitstorm uh, at the venue, which then ended up like in a 
fucking frenzy and people getting thrown out all the time. We took the brunt of it, not them. Uh, and it was their fault for putting security on, on hold. And we like just a bunch of issues. So when we did the tour of the next year, we did a three day tour. We were doing big venues and we did Monkey Coliseum, Center 200 and Newfoundland. And we skipped Halifax. We said, fuck yeah, Halifax. And we went to Sydney, Sydney Open yeah. Arms. They their their municipality promoted it like crazy for us. I know. For free. Moncton, same deal. Newfoundland, same deal. And we sold out pretty much every venue. And we did this like whole weekend tour, which was mayhem. It was crazy. Yeah. Um like and Moncton. At, yeah. It was crazy. Look at all the look at all the outdoor concerts that happen in Nova Scotia. They don't happen anywhere in the HRM at all. It's everything's outside. Stand fast is in camp, so Evolve used to be up in Anaganish. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's a couple other concerts on the South Shore. I can't remember off the top of my head, but nothing, nothing like that comes to to Halifax because you, it's just to pay, as an event organizer, you, it's ridiculous how much just with the alcohol, just just from the Alcohol and Gaming Commission too, how much stuff you have to go through and plan and then pay to to hold host an event. I'm like, it's not even worth it. Yeah. You know? So. <clears throat> But yeah, but uh, yeah, man. I don't know. Yeah. Well, fuck, man. We're we're at like an hour fifteen now. So uh, shit. Yeah. That's a podcast. I know, man. Well, <laughs> trust me, it's not my longest one. We used to, we used to like I've had like three, four hour ones because I just like you know you just have have fun and it all depends on who's there. Like we did one with uh, after the Highlands hike with myself and my brother and and my two friends who we all kind of act as pseudo guides for the trip because we've all done it before and stuff. So yeah, and um, we did kind of a recap. And man, we were here for we you know, just cracked a couple of beer and we were here just chatting for <laughs> forever. Oh, and, for sure. And then we, we used to do another one years ago when uh, called Pogi Chips, which was like we did that four, <laughs> three years ago. So we were all on Pogi for the winter, and uh, yeah. and there was five of us, and we just came to my house every Thursday. We did like twenty episodes. We char- we we did like a weekly draw for a challenge. So it'd be like read a book or uh, a baking contest or like. One was like ridiculous. There's some ridiculous ones. Like one was wear a vest, nothing but a vest for a week. Like we waist up. It was only a vest. So uh, we all had to wear vests <laughs> and uh, like shit like this. And we did like 20 episodes. And um, and some of those were like two, three hours long. So we were just all hanging out and drinking every Thursday and like having fun and talking, shit talking yeah. one another. And we, we were on unemployment and we reviewed uh, different chips every week on top of talking about the challenges. So it was just like a shit, a shit show. <laughs> Fun shit that we did, yeah, man. Absolutely. Yeah, that's all. You, and you don't need much. You just see something, record the audio, and then you throw it up on our Yeah, and I've got a whole studio in my house, so we get a. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of in shambles right now because I've been like having like I finally started my music studio up in the first time in like almost two years, like oh, yeah. last week, and but I'm using like now I got the Zoom recorder for doing. We were filming this documentary all last summer, so I bought a bunch of gear for. Um, uh, miking people up like Angelo's in it, uh, Jeremy, Jimmy, all these operators in Cape Breton Island are in it. So that's good. That was supposed to come out uh, like this month, but um, right. or next month, but it's now. Well, that's, next I don't know year. if you saw. Yeah, I don't know if you saw, but we did uh, we did a little thing with uh, so much uh, uh, Ryan and those guys over at the Get Outside Nova Scotia. I'm not sure if you know. I saw the first one they did, and then uh, I didn't see it. But yeah, yeah, yeah you guys were so talking about it the other day. We did. Well, we did. They came. They came by. And did a, they filmed us at, at last last September? Like, yeah. So they did the whole. They did you know all the footage and talking. And then they snipped together this little you know five minute episode. So they did us and they did uh, a dog walking lady, uh, a photo, uh, a guy uh, who did who does photography, anything to get people outside, right? Uh, and yeah. so 
So when uh, ours came out uh, a couple Tuesdays ago, just he was going to say, you know, he was going to release an episode every two weeks uh, to get people, you know, psyched for, you know, to get people psyched for the season and let's get outside and go do stuff, right? So we, I was talking to him a couple days before it was going to go. I'm like, do you think it's a good idea to release this? Like, no, I, I don't know how this, the spring is going to go or, you know, people are dying. We, we don't really want to tell people to go outside right now because people are getting, you know, telling they're, they're getting told not to go outside. And so we, he did a little post. He was like, good point. He's like, you know, he did a little post beforehand saying, you know, and we encourage to, you know, follow the rules and regulations of your, you know, your provincial and federal government and try to stay inside. But we want to get you sort of stoked for the summer. And hopefully when this all passes, you know, you'll, you'll have some more ideas to get outside. So, but it's, it's, it's really nice quality. They put it together and uh, really nice guys, you know, they just, they usually just operate on Instagram, Facebook, but they really, they're doing a lot of different things from, from just people walking, uh, you know, anybody getting outdoors is, is their theme to, to help people do different things in the outdoors. So, so we had, uh, I, I don't think it was as well received as it could be, especially during this, you know, what's going on right yeah. now. So, yeah. uh, you know, it wasn't, wasn't really, uh, you know, passed around too much, but I understand that, you know, they were working on the timeline and stuff like that. So I didn't mind that, but I, it was, it was great. Just, I like connecting with like little groups like that. We were also supposed to East coast outfitters was also supposed to, uh, uh, East link had, uh, done a bunch of different things on things to do in Halifax, you know? So there was like one about a, one on, uh, <clears throat> Uh, on bars, the music life downtown, one on this. And so they were doing one on kayak. And so they had went out and they interviewed, they talked, they came and talked to me, they came and talked to Fred and uh, we did a little thing and they were editing it and stuff like that. Now, because of this happening, that got sidetracked. So that's not coming out anytime soon now. Right. So, okay. Crazy. Uh, yeah. we, we always, we always like to do little things with a, a lot of different, uh, either, uh, either it's like people like to get outside of people or, it's more, you know, with with East Link, we've done a lot of work with Transport Canada, and we we help put out. Uh, there's this new link. Um, let me see if I can find. But you should you should check it out since if you're renting uh, renting things, there's uh, online um, Transport Canada. Uh, you can go online and do this boat safety uh, rent for rental and boat safety. Um, that we helped the gate, they came and interviewed us and uh, about what we do, like how, what, how do we make sure that when we put people out on the water that are renting, like, you know, what do we do to make sure that they're safe and we, you know, and they know where they're going and, and uh, you know, what, what should we do as a rental company to, to like, to know what the rules and regulations are. So it's called, it's a rental boat safety.ca. You can go to, and it's on transport Canada's website and it's like little modules you can do. And it basically it's just to give, you know, rental boat agencies an idea of their sort of obligations and responsibilities towards their customer. It's, it's about uh, you know, yeah. having the right material and it's having, you know, uh, you know, making sure that, you know, client safety is number one, you want repeat business. And so they came to see us, you see some kayaking pictures. That's us. You see some motorboat pictures. They went to uh, the, the ski do people on the Dartmouth on the, uh, they're going to going to be on the Halifax side too. Because they rent the sea dues to people whipping around the, the harbor. That's always good. And, uh, and you know, people who rent motorboats as well, too, are just any. So they came, they went around the country, too, and asked a lot of, in Quebec as well, too. So you, the course, I haven't done this on, uh, right now, but it's, you get like a little, 
you'll get a little certificate and picture and stuff and said, I did this, you know? So, but it gives people uh, a little bit of an idea of without actually having to leave probably a good idea to do it now without having to leave your house. You can sit there and oops, you can, um, you can sit there and, and do the, and do the course and make sure you're doing everything right. And, and then you get a little piece of paper out and you can display it on your, on your wall or whatever. Maybe gets the idea is maybe you get some good ideas. You know, like, Oh yeah. I never really thought about that. Yeah. Maybe I should have, I, maybe I should have that on my registration form or waiver. Oh yeah. I should probably get their phone number before they leave just in, or things like that. Right. So, yeah. you know, so yeah, we have a, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the checklist now. It's, it's hilarious. It's uh, there's the one for no drinking. It's buddy chugging a beer. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just like a bottle of booze like you would see with an ex crew. It's yeah, buddy with a he's, chugging it. <laughs> he's chugging the beer. Yeah, yeah, man, it's so. it's hilarious because that that was an issue that we so like tubing, right? Tubing is like chill, whatever. It's just anybody can do it. And and when I say anybody, it's we've been doing it since we were like little kids, like in diapers and shit. So um, yeah, but anybody can do but, it. But with that said, it also comes with normally when you're tubing, a lot of people associate that with having a couple of drinks and going down the river. So we had to really like put strict guidelines around like no alcohol. No one's ever done that. No, nope, no, no, no. <laughs> so that what we did we, originally we didn't do. We're like, oh, we'll give you a cooler tube and shit, and then that just opened a whole can of worms. And after day one, like it was literally the first day of. The second season we did it. First season we just kind of threw it out there to see if it would work. Second season we marketed it, and it was like we had like forty people the first day. And after the very first trip, the first day, I went back to the uh, the house and I was like, "Fuck this!" And I like went on website and put bold letters on our, our website. It's like zero zero uh, tolerance for alcohol in the river. No alcohol. Blah 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 blah. Um, because it was yeah. just like opening the floodgates to people to be ridiculous. So yeah, that was the, that was the downside oh, to that sure. man, but. But uh, but yeah, no, I, I got this. Yeah, thanks for this, and I have that other that video pulled up from them as well. Um, the one you guys did, I'll watch that after here. But because uh, I'm very, oh, yeah, I'm also, they, I saw their first one, and and that's I didn't realize they, that I don't even know when they I saw did, the first they one. They did six or seven of them. Like yeah, remember. they did the they did the first one back in January, I think. So they were gonna release one every two weeks to get up to about April May, and then they'd be like. There's a season. Let's go. You want to go do some hiking? You want to do? You want to walk here? You want to do some hiking? You want to do some photography? Here you go. Let's get outside. You know. So, and there's a couple more episodes that they sh- uh, shot. Each one's about four to six minutes long, and they're they're kind of. And so they'll do one again next year with more people and more people. So, I think they're just they're trying to get a good online following and hopefully help promote not just businesses. They just promote people to get outside and go do something. Yeah. But you know, so. We'll see what happens next with them. So yeah, that's the biggest thing for us too. So we're uh, yeah, and then we that's what this documentary was supposed to be for. And then we're I think we're gonna plan to release that next winter uh, yep. when things are slow and we can actually do it in a venue where people can gather and congregate and watch it, do screenings. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, we've I've got literally like eight eight terabytes of uh, of footage <laughs> of oh, wow. three different that's seasons. Awesome. Yeah, it took us a lot. It took us a long time to like edit what we have right now. So we're pretty much. Uh, pretty much film it, finished the whole film, um, and then, uh, but yeah, we're, we're I'm just picking at it, and I developed all my own my marketing for this year. All came out of that filming and stuff. So it's like the assets that we gathered for like some of the some of the stuff that we got is absolutely ridiculous um, footage and stuff. I'll uh, I'll send you mm-hmm. a text. Uh, I think it's on my. Yeah, if you go to the actually, I have it on my website. So I put it on. Oh, yeah, I, okay. I forgot about that. So if you go to my uh, my page, there's like a video which we did was like explore Cape Breton with Love Life Intense. And it has like a bunch mm-hmm. of the stuff. A lot of that footage, well, all that footage came from filming last summer, and and I just edited that up last week. And then our other campaign is coming out, which is just like um, 
it's just video like 15 second ads but it's like uh ambient noise that you would get in that environment so there's no music it's just like uh, one is hiking one of our guided hikes that we go like way up in marguerite one of the private hikes and it's just the audio from like the wind birds all that sort of stuff um and then another one is paddling on the marguerite river that i have with jeremy um that's the same deal. It's just you hear like the crickets, you hear like the winds, you hear the paddles hitting the water, the water and the river, and then fishing one. Um, what other ones do I have? Uh, I have a couple other ones. Like one was more or less getting lost or what's the tagline is like lost or right where you're supposed to be. And it's like uh, up north at the um, Dingwall Beach. We were out with Bryson right. who owns the Highlands Hostel and we followed him, went to the beach drinking a couple of beer one night and it's just ambient noise of like the, the coastline and it's... You know, just yeah. trying to do different things. We have one, a couple ads that are like music, upbeat, blah, blah, blah. And other ones that are just yeah. ambient noise to kind of try to trigger those emotions from people. But where she goes, that's but that, cool. I like that idea. That's kind of what I do, man. Just sit here and think and create. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, I think, I think like in, in general across the province, like tourism in Nova Scotia really concentrated on that after the Ivany report came out in like in 14, 15. They're like, this is what you got to do to step up your game so that if you want, they wanted to, they wanted to reach four billion in revenue yeah. for tourism in Nova Scotia. Like it's going to be kind of hard now this year. Kind of there'll be an asterisk beside twenty twenty. But yeah. uh, like <laughs> this this is what you need. There's a lot of different things they they like. We work with them on the accelerator experience program, working with other outfitters, not just outfitters, but just you know hotels, restaurants, anything in the tourism industry in general to help create new content. But they also got good footage. They started doing good photo shoots getting we did we were with them twice two years ago with you know good production companies coming out getting good foot getting good footage that you could share online and, and creative footage too that people you know you look on tourism nova scotia's website or any other it's always beautiful pictures mostly of the outdoors i always try to i always try to emphasize that with tourism nova scotia and other and other sort of chambers of business of commerce when it comes to like look at your advertising your advertising is mostly like 95 if not more percent of pictures of the outdoors like yeah you got some pictures of inside venues lots of things that halifax and, and nova scotia can provide but a lot of your advertising is so outdoors so like you that's that's us that's nova when you when you think of nova scotia usually there is uh you know an image of peggy's cove in your head and there's an image of that typical shot you see from the skyline trail yeah. with the path <laughs> and the, the road in front of it that's you see that and you see peggy's cove right so like but anyways your 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 all your all your shots are always outdoors of the outdoors. So like you need to help, you know, you need to help the outdoor industry in a way. It doesn't matter what if it's paddling or whatever you're doing, that's what's going to sell Nova Scotia is the outdoors, right? Mm. And then um, because there's lots of culture and heritage too. You always see like you go to Shetty Camp, you see pictures of the hookers and your, what they do. You know, you go to Lewisburg and you see the you know the soldiers standing there. You go to Citadel Hill, you know, there's lots of pictures of that but it's usually pictures of the it's outside showing it from a top or you know big grand uh you know drone shots or helicopter shots of you know of the outdoors so um but they've done a good job to to try to make sure that we can also access those pictures and mm-hmm. other businesses want like if you're a hotel restaurant and you may not know you know joe blow down the street who runs that uh that thing but i really want a picture of that of the you know of that activity that they're doing so i can tell my uh, customers that are staying here that this is what you can do while you're here so they they've had a uh, and i think discover halifax does that too they uh they uh they uh, for members they they allow you to you know grab some pictures but like as an outdoor 
outfitter that is kayaking, I have a lot of my own content. Yes. A lot of my own pictures. I'm yeah. not going to grab something. You know, I might grab a picture of Peggy's Cove, but I can just go down the road and get it myself. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. You know, and actually take a picture. But, the, I, like, you know, but in general, they've done a really good job to make sure the content of the advertising is like good quality video and good quality photos that come out of it that really show the province because that's what's going to, you know, their idea is to market to international communities and that that's what's going to grab them and take them right so yeah um and i think i think that showed last year when um TripAdvisor was naming nova scotia the the number four of places to go or travel i think it was last year or the year before because you know of how many people searched and content I yeah think, i think tourism nova scotia helped a lot when it came to you know getting good pictures and good content and all the other outdoor businesses or just tourism businesses in general in nova scotia they really stepped up their game. So um, I think that, uh, you know, good video and good, good photos are, are key to helping any business. Yeah. Well, that's been, uh, yeah, that is, that is by far the, the, the one thing that uh, I've been hammering for like the last four years has been hedging everything into uh, production, like just con- continually building um, database of assets and like upping the production. Like, so the stuff that we shot, um, like the, the, the production value and what I do now, like we bought, I've, I've invested probably like 20 grand within uh, our business just out of, uh, just for film gear and production gear. So that's all sure. just because we do everything internally. So I, I see that uh, I didn't jump into um, uh, that accelerator program. I had some issues with it, uh, mostly mm-hmm. because we do all of our own um, creative and they were not willing to. They were not willing to be lenient on that. They wanted their the the creative control over all the assets, and I was like, "No, I'm doing my own thing." So, mm-hmm. you, I, I the value I see in tours of Nova Scotia is ad spend and their marketing rather than the mm-hmm. content because I do all my own stuff and I like to have it look a certain way. So, um, but I have talked to. I was always trying to figure out how the how you guys did. You guys do a um uh, a program with them with the accelerator program. Yep. Yeah. How do, how yeah, did you did. find the results of that? Uh, I, I think uh, when it came to how many people have actually done the program that we've uh, that we've put together, it's it's not really good. <laughs> like the the program we put together is great. It's, yes. it's called Seat to Table Seat Seat to Table Lobster Adventure. Yeah, I saw that one. Yeah, a, yeah, we go for a two and a half hour paddle, which we do a lot, and uh, then we get onto a lobster boat, and people get to go around a lobster boat, and then with real lobster fishermen from the local from our community in Lower Prospect. And we have a, we, we, you know, get to pull up, we, we're out of season, so we can't actually trap any lobsters technically, but they get to pull up the lobster. They get to sh- go back, you know, they get to see lobsters, what they do, do a little tour around. And then, you know, you, know, you start off at the guy's place. So we, they show you all the tools they do with measuring and what they, you know, so it's almost like you're living the life. You're not really living the life of a lobster yeah. fisherman. You know, they're not going to put you in any smelly overalls and help you pull out stuff and stuff like that. But and then when you get back there, uh, you get cooked a uh, lot. You know, get lobster boil right there with the, lots of other fishes, and it's yummy, right? So it's a good, it's a good like six to eight hour tour. Yeah. And I've we, this is our this would be our third year doing it, and second year, second year, third year, second. Second, no, third year doing it, and I think I've done. I we've only done that thing twice. We've only done that actual program three times. 
So we only we only advertise it on certain times. Like we have, they wanted specific dates for it. So like, it's not like our half day tour where we do a half day tour every day at nine o'clock. That's that's offered every. We don't do one every day, but it's offered yes. every day at nine o'clock. You can sign up for a half day tour, and there's another one in the afternoon at one thirty. So with this one, they want a specific date so they can when they take it to their conventions and conferences around the country. They say this is what's happening. And this, these are the dates, and that's fine. So we picked two dates in June and two dates in July. Uh, sorry, two dates in September, and uh, because July and sorry June and September are usually not as busy as July and August, super busy, right? So we wanted something to fill in some more time uh, or uh, some more activities for people. So, uh, and then you know, and on their website there, it says like you know, if these dates don't work, give us a call. We can do we can do special events or for special yeah. group offers. Just call us. But they wanted to, so that kind of that's the big caveat right there. Here's the four dates, but we can do them whenever you want to do them, right? So um, I'm not sure. It's like I think the price point was pretty good. We had a little high at first, but then we brought it down to like uh, I can't remember. It's like four twenty five a person right now. It's, it's it's expensive thing, but it's like there's three three to three different events that are going on, and there's lots there's food involved. There's a, a ride on a boat, and then there's a kayak tour. So you know when it comes out the per person price, that's sort of that you know. And in line with what the other accelerator programs were doing, so yeah. I saw it as a, I saw it as a chance to because I had worked with tours in Nova Scotia before a lot. I just saw it as a chance to do something fun and um, get some some video and photo content yeah. that I couldn't I couldn't have done because yes. unlike you, I don't have all that stuff. Right? Yep. And um, and and you know and, and maybe help just promote the outdoor outdoor tourism industry for. Uh, with t- tours in Nova Scotia, so it was more like a partnering thing. So, like, I'm not disappointed at all that this thing hasn't run a lot. Like, I'm not like, <laughs> like I'm not sitting there going, "Man, I put all that money and time and energy." But I think the money and time and energy that we put into it was worth what we got out of it. And yeah. So, if people want to do it, that's fine. But the thing is, we run all the other tours and lessons and rentals. Not like that. That goes all the, and that you know that's the bread and butter there. Yes. So, if this tour only happens once or twice a year, I'm happy. That's, yeah. that's like a special event for me, right? Yeah. Whereas other 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 companies were trying to, you know, there's last year there was a helicopter tour to to Sambro Island that uh, got put out, and like that looks, they were they're looking at doing things like that. Like that's interesting. That's something I would do if I wasn't from Nova Scotia. Like, you know, and I know Tim Lesperance over at Visionaire too, and and he's they worked with him and. I can't. But anyways, they fly over to Sandro Island. You have a lunch there. You get to walk around the island a bit, and then go home, right? And that was a pretty penny too, because you're flying in a helicopter. So that was about that's that's almost about four to five hundred dollars a person to do that as well. Anyways, but that, that's they were they were gearing towards in, uh, interesting things that you wouldn't be able to do just on your own as a as an individual business, and something that is going to attract the the eyes of of um a certain type of traveler right they're called free spirit market it's yes they've yeah. these news free spirit market you know people that want to like they will spend a little bit of money and they want to instagram it and they want to show their friends look what they're doing so they, they these accelerator packages were be a little bit more than your typical half day tour they, they you know because that's that's too basic <laughs> <laughs> which is i think anyways they want they want something that they can really sell to, yeah. to people so yeah. uh i think that i just try to tell them like hey, my, my half days were the uh, half nature we do is pretty amazing we get to see a pretty amazing things like, oh yeah but that's something you already do i'm like 
yeah, but it doesn't mean it's not good. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> you know? So I just, I just put two things together that I already did, which was a tour and then a lobster boil at the end, and then just threw in uh, threw in a ride with one of the lobster fishermen in, in, in the city. So anyways, or in the, <laughs> in the village. So when it came to when it came to like the resources to come up with a program, it was a lot. It was just in my head. I came up with it like in five minutes, <clears throat> and then I wrote it down. And you know, then you guys came and and uh, and we we did the vo- we did the video and photo shoot one day, and then there we go. So that was that was worth the time and the energy. Yeah, the money. I guess. Yeah, it was just a th- 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 they were really trying to push to, uh, to get me in, and there was a couple things that I was like beta testing, and then uh, anyways, and that were f- fell in line with exactly some of the uh, the concepts they wanted to do, and then it just was like I think I was in the UK, and I was on a boat in the middle of the ocean, like negotiating with them. I was like, ah, fuck it, I'm not even doing this. Yeah. <laughs> so that that was yeah, that was last spring, I think. Yeah, it was last spring because I was in the UK last spring. Yeah, yeah, but um, but yeah, man. Well, fuck. It's been uh, yeah. It's great. Hour and a half. There we go. I could keep going, but you Boom. know, <laughs> I know we could do this. Well, that's the thing is, is like I don't know how many people you get on this podcast at one time, but like we can like I always like doing things like that. So if you have any other ideas for other people around, you want to do another round a round table or something, just let me know. Oh, no, yeah, hundred. Hundred percent, man. Do anything for a while. So. Yeah, well, I was, I was, I'm playing with this idea now. I'm trying to find out how Zoom works as far as hosting uh, conferences and shit. So we were gonna do like me, uh, me too. Uh, I was doing that this morning. Yeah, so I was, I was on it last night trying to figure it out. But um, I had a couple drinks. <laughs> me too. I, so. I was like, I was texting my friends this morning. I'm like, do you know how to use? Do you use Zoom? Do you know how to use it? And how do I link that with Facebook? So I was actually doing that yesterday and this morning too. <laughs> So hopefully yeah. we learn how to do that. Yeah, well, I was going to do like a, an online session with uh, with myself, the digital marketing guy that I, I, I use, um, and a couple other guys that do social media marketing, and, and that's they run their own online businesses and stuff. So we're going to do uh, just kind of like an open discussion on on Zoom for people to just sign up for. Like, you, I think you can do up to like 100 people or something for free. Yeah. And then, uh, but I just want, did, I didn't want to, I wanted to have, it's um, so that everybody except for like the four or five people that are doing the roundtable talk will be muted. And then they can like, I know you can do it in one of the settings, but I think you have to pay for it. So that might not be possible. But so just so that, you yeah. know, if you had a hundred people, there wasn't a hundred people just like asking that people can click, uh, you can click, it's called like putting up your hand or whatever virtually. Raise and then you, then like the the host it's gets a notification. Like, it's almost like Ring Central. We use those, we use Ring Central for Paddle Canada meeting so because each Paddle Canada member is in different provinces and yeah. territories so we you do the same thing you can mute raise your but there's only like 10 to 10 people on the call at the time so there's not 100 yeah but that's that'll be diffi- difficult to manage for sure yeah, yeah. I was just going to kind of go about how you can uh, there's different because th- we, we were looking at doing a um, I was going to do it this spring anyways but now I can't but uh, we're mm. going to do kind of like an information session for uh, accommodations and tourism based businesses for helping to streamline their entire like like process as far as like their booking systems, their um, their um, like waiver systems, then also their um, associate like marketing, looking into like how do you can can you streamline the whole process for like say Facebook or Instagram or whatever. Like you can pretty much get everything yeah. done in, in a day and then schedule it during the week, or just have you know notifications on your phone to like upload this thing at this time and blah blah blah, and it's done. You just do all the bulk of the work in one day, but. Um, 
but like because a lot of businesses here like we use this um company called Checkfront out of BC and so it's just like um yeah. yeah so I'm they're saving grace because I used to use a spreadsheet that was built off some some guy in India built it for me off uh Fiverr off the app and it was like an inventory tracker yeah. and then we got the campground yeah. there's too many variables so now I have like Checkfront running and uh I've I've turned uh, probably like a half a dozen or a dozen to a dozen businesses onto it um just because it's super easy for doing like uh, whale watching tours. It's not because I talked to a couple of those operators, but as far as like doing what I'm doing and like, so for instance, Angelo, yeah. Angelo at North river, I told him about this for years and I don't, I don't think he's implemented it at all yet, but he was, I was showing him how it worked the back line of it, but I use that and yeah. it's, it's like saving grace for everything that I do. It keeps customer accounts, all my waivers are digital. So especially now yeah. we're moving oh, yeah, forward, yeah. I can do everything. Yeah. Everything's paperless. Everything is, you don't contactless. You just like do everything yourself online. It's done. We could even say, for instance, if like this social distancing, all this stuff is an issue moving forward in the season, then we can even arrange to have drop off pickup points. Like we do X amount of runs a day. It's all there. You don't even have to meet us. You don't have to see us. Here you go. Here's all your gear. It's, it's there at the start, grab it, go yeah. drop it off the end. We'll pick it up, sanitize it and then keep using it. So, yeah. well, yeah, we're, we're thinking the same thing and concentrating more on our rentals rather than our tours, but even keeping our tours small, because it's usually only six people on a tour. And then, you know, if you want to do rentals, it's you and your friend. Here you go, and we'll just wash everything. And so, you know, in our spot, keeping that social distance thing is not a big deal moving forward if they still require that. So, because at some point they're going to have to let us out. If they keep everybody inside, it's not going to end pretty. <laughs> no, not at all. But, uh, yeah. but anyways, man, we'll we'll, we'll end it there. I'm going to bounce and uh, head to up to my uh, up to the garage, do some work on my rig. So today's all the right. day to do some body work on the old escape to see if it'll last good one mo- one more season. <laughs> yeah, it was good talking to you. No problem, man. Same, man. Same. Well, uh, one of these days, once I'm uh, when I'm in Halifax, we'll we'll uh, catch up in person and I'll come over and, and yeah, check out you sure. guys out. If you're ever down Keep this way, touch. let me know. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. The uh, if you want to let anybody know about, just tell them how to get a hold of you on like socials and all that sort of stuff to close this yeah, up. Yeah, so yeah, we East Coast Outfitters. You can easily search us on any social media. Just East Coast Outfitters, Sea Kayaking, uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. There is another East Coast Outfitters on the East Coast of the states in uh, in Rhode Island, I believe. So <laughs> don't mix us up there. They are uh, they are uh, a hunting company, so oh yeah, there <laughs> we're you go. Shoot any, we're not gonna sh- we're not gonna shoot any ducks or anything like that. But uh, yeah, and we're we're mostly active on Facebook and Instagram, and then obviously you can go to our website, just eastcoastoutfitters.com, and that has all the connections. Obviously, we're not really answering the phones uh, these this time of year, but uh, you know, email and and anything else is easily get to us. So, but uh, yeah, that's it. Excellent, man. Okay, cool. Well, thanks a lot for jumping on all and. Right. Uh, yeah. We'll chat no uh, we'll chat care. soon. Cheers. Have a good day. Yeah. You too. Bye. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Again, that was Adam Zeta with East Coast Outfitters outside Halifax and Lower Prospect. If uh, you guys get a chance, go give them a follow on socials. Check them out if you guys want any cool adventures in or outside or around Halifax. Uh, they're just a short drive from the city. And uh, this podcast is brought to you by Fire and Stone Coffee. They are a local Cape Breton roasters. They roast every week, delivery to Bedeck, like the food, deliver through the food hub, the Cape Breton food hub. Um, great, great coffee. We're working with them on a very special project for this summer, so stay tuned for that. But can't recommend them enough. That's the only thing that is keeping me going right now. Like literally, it's 11 o'clock at night, and 
I need to sleep. So I'm going to leave this with you guys. Please give us a five-star rating or whatever rating, comment, let us know if you like it, if you don't like it. Any words you guys get your podcast, do it up. Thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you on the next one.